Super Talk Mississippi media production. What's the key to discovering delectable dining? Find something that sizzles. A time-tested favorite. A feast for your eyes and palate. And a dining experience handled with care. In Vicksburg, the key to the South. Wrap this one, my friend, in maroon and white. Ten seconds, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Bingo! You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. It's Wednesday night. You know what that means. It's just thunder and lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Brian Haydad, fresh off of three hours of dealing with Richard Cross. Ah, the horror. The horror. But here, glad to be here with you guys here on a Wednesday night. Rhino is down there in Studio X. Uh, he's making sure everything is uh, there. And if I ask him a question, he will answer it. I don't have a question at this time, though. But I will. I may come up with one before the end of the night. So we'll see how that uh, how that goes. If you've got a question, or if you've got anything to uh, to say, 601-879-4395 is the text line number. Be happy to talk to you, except for Todd and Jackson. No, none of your texts are going to make it through, my friend. We will not be talking to you tonight. So, if you're another Todd and Jackson, you're not the Todd and Jackson that I'm referring to, you can feel free. But if you're that Todd and Jackson, absolutely not. No chance. What are we going to talk about tonight? Well, Mississippi State football is on the off week. We were trying to get away from bye week. I wanted to see if we can get get a, get, a, get a consensus on this. It's an off week. A bye week means that they would advance. They don't advance. It's just another regular season game next week. They're not in the postseason. So it's an off week. Um, coming off of a win, but that's you know that's that's a good thing. State desperately needed that. But if you watch the game, and obviously we've talked about it a great deal on Sports Talk, we talked about it a great deal on the Thunder and Lightning podcast, we'll talk about it here now. I mean, not a great game. There's just no getting around that that fact of life. The state played poorly defensively for the fourth game, fifth game in a row, really. Um, offensively, they did plenty. They did enough. I didn't. I don't have a whole lot of complaints with the way the offense played. They put 41 on the board and were in position to put 48 on the board. But defensively, state's just not a good football team. You know, there's there's, there's no getting around that fact that everything they're doing defensively is wrong. <laughs> I don't know how, I don't really know what else to say on that on that account. Yeah, uh, they, they can't bring pressure and they can't cover. So I don't know what what's left to do there. I don't know what else I can tell you when a defense can't when they blitz and it gets picked up and then when you throw deep and the and their guys are open I that's all that's what defense is. It's stopping that from happening. And State can't do that really well right now. So, you know, it's going to be difficult for you me to look at you with a straight face and say, oh, yeah, I think State can turn this around, and I think State can get things back uh, back on track, and I think that State can, uh, can, can, can finish strong. I can't say that. I can't say that. There are some winnable games left on the schedule just because Arkansas is not a very good team and Auburn's not a very good team, and they still have Southern Miss, who they should be able to beat. But beyond that, I mean, they're not going to be a favorite against Kentucky. They're not going to be a favorite against Texas A&M. They won't be a favorite in the Egg Bowl. 
Can they win those games? Yeah, sure, if they start playing a lot better. But that's a, that's, that's a tall ask at this point. A lot of you guys are already on the text line from this show, from the, from the other shows, from uh, from podcasts, from Twitter, from everybody else. The, the big question this week is Will Rogers. Left the game with a uh, a non-throwing arm injury or a throwing shoulder, non-throwing shoulder injury uh, last week. What's his status? Well, Zach Arnett was kind enough to give us an update on that status today, and that status is, eh, well, you know, very Mullen-esque, uh, shall we say. Very, uh, I mean, just, just not a lot. Just not a lot you can take away from that. I'll read you the quote. Uh, here he was basically asked about guys trending in the right direction when it comes to injury. That's the great thing about a bye week; everyone is trending in the right direction. You have additional time for rest and recovery. There's some guys who have played a lot of snaps. We're limiting their reps this week. We spent more time invested in the younger guys. So you're going to need depth. Some guys will need to play more than you initially thought going into the season. That's been good for our coaching staff to spend time with the young guys. So didn't answer it. Okay. That's fine. So if you're looking for a an, an update on Will Rogers, all I can tell you is I saw him today eating barbecue. I, 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 that's, that's all I can tell you. He was at the joint. I was at the joint. I didn't find out what he was eating. Was he a brisket or ribs man? I got turkey myself. So that's all I got for you on, on the Will Rogers front. You know, my guess is that, and it's just a guess, I don't have I don't have anything. Is that I think if Rodgers isn't going to play against Arkansas, then we might get a more clear update from Will, from Zach Arnett on Monday when he has his weekly press conference. Because if you're starting quarterbacks out, that's the, that's the kind of thing that you know normally they're going to. You know, with some injuries, Arnett is has been coy, but with with your starting quarterback, my guess is because it it changes everything for you. It changes the way you're going to play coach offense. It changes. Maybe your expectation level. I, I, I would, I would, if I'm Arnett. Well, first off, I guess I should clarify with saying, if I was a football coach, I would just tell people what the injuries are. They're going to find out one way or the other. The information always leaks. It, it just, just tell people. And I think we're probably pretty close to that becoming a mandatory thing anyway. The Big Ten is already starting to work with that, sort of putting the uh, the NFL style uh, injury report together. But my guess is that on Monday we'll get a little bit clearer idea of where Will Rogers is. The the good news, if there is good news coming out of an injury, and I don't I don't know that there is one, but uh, is that I don't I doesn't really change my predictions. It doesn't really change my outlook for Mississippi State if Rogers or Wright is in there. You know, watching the game last week, I just I've just come to the conclusion it doesn't really matter who State's quarterback is if they're going to play defense like this. Yeah, that you could you could transfer Jaden Daniels in here. You could transfer Caleb Williams in here, and I don't think it makes a, a huge difference with the way State plays defensively. You know, Rogers did plenty last week. He did plenty against South Carolina, against Alabama and LSU. He was bad. There's there's no getting around that. He played poorly. But if State's going to give up thirty plus points, they're going to allow quarterbacks to complete 85 percent of their passes. If they're going to allow uh, some a receiver to have a, you know career days, then it doesn't really matter who the quarterback is. So Will Rogers, Mike Wright, Dak Prescott, Nick Fitzgerald, Todd Jordan, Mayor Todd Jordan, no, yeah. Don Smith, John Bond doesn't matter. 
doesn't matter if you can't stop anybody on the defensive side of the ball. So that's what state, you know, I, I don't know what their focus is going to be over the next few days. You know, as they, you know, my guess is these first few days of the off week, they've, they've tried to work with the young guys, as, as Arnett said. My guess is when you get to Friday, Thursday and Friday, they'll, they'll, they'll probably start shifting that focus a little bit more towards Arkansas. But state defensively is just a train wreck. Offensively, I feel, you know, honestly, I feel like the play calling has been pretty good the past few weeks, basically since the LSU game. I thought, obviously, against South Carolina, it was good. Against Alabama, I thought, I thought the play calling was good. You know, they, uh, they put together a couple of drives. They were able to put some points on the board. Um, and then when Alabama gets the turnover there right before the end of the half and extends the lead to 21, it changes what you want to do offensively. You started to throw a little bit more, and Alabama sort of goes from there. Last week, though, I thought against Western Michigan State looked fine offensively. They ran the ball. They threw the ball pretty well. I thought Mike Wright finally getting some extended uh, run was a good thing, and I thought he, he showed you some of the things that he can do. He also showed you some of the you know, some of the reasons he's not the starting quarterback of this team. He's not going to be as consistent in the passing game. You have to ask yourself, are you willing to trade away some easy throws for Mike Wright being able to escape where Will Rogers could not under pressure? You know, both of these guys have a have a big weakness in their game. It just happens to be the opposite weakness from the other guy. You could combine these two guys into one super quarterback, you might have something there. You'd have you'd have a a, a real weapon. But Rogers isn't going to be able to run. And and Wright isn't as consistent a passer, and so you got to kind of ask yourself, what do you want? And I think that I think the correct answer is to is to be more of a package quarterback with Mike Wright. Let Will start, and then you have packages and play calls for Mike Wright. Now you got to use them differently than they did the first few weeks. You can't just bring him in for a play and take him out. You got to give him a series. You got to give him two, three plays in a row. But if you if you can do that, I think you can be effective there. I, I think State has a chance to put points on the board against Arkansas. My question is going to be how many do they give up? If they can get some stops, that's a winnable football game. If they can't get any stops, they're not going to win that game. They're not going to beat Auburn. They're not going to beat Kentucky. And they're not going to beat Texas A&M. And they're not going to beat Ole Miss. And they're going to go four and eight. And then we're probably talking about something else. What are we talking about? You can guess. Other people are talking about it as well. Uh, we, 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 we learned last week and a little bit more today some national college football writers are, are discussing Zach Arnett's future at Mississippi State. But why? Why are they talking about it? First-year head coach, why is that such a uh, why is that a topic of discussion? Let's talk about that when we come back. We'll do that in just a minute. So, back in just a minute. This is Thunder and Lightning live here on Super Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. We are back 
here on Thunder and Lightning. This is Super Talk Mississippi. Thunder and Lightning, this is the radio show, but the podcast is a thing, if you weren't aware. Please subscribe to the Thunder and Lightning podcast. Please leave a five-star review. Most people just tell you to subscribe and review. I demand five stars. Again, if you leave a five-star review, you are allowed to say whatever you want in the comments. Say whatever you want about me. I don't care. Just leave a five-star review. I feel like that's a very uh, fair trade, to be honest with you. To let you have carte blanche in in return for a simple five-star review. Why not? So, last week we talked about Andy Staples. uh, Wrote an article for The Athletic talking about... uh, about coaches on the hot seat, and he threw out you know a lot of the, the regular names. He also threw out Zach Arnett's name, which is unusual because Zach Arnett is a first-year head coach, six games into his tenure. Normally, you would never be on the hot seat for that in, in, in that kind of situation. But uh, but Staples revealed the, the the details of Arnett's contract and his buyout, making it and showed that basically, fisc- fiscally, that's a big word for me. Fiscally, you know, it's not going to cripple Mississippi State if they decide to move on from Zach Arnett. They would owe him about $4.5 million. I'm getting a call from a guy who who knows I'm on the air right now. Come on, man. Uh, anyhow, no, it, w- it would not cripple Mississippi State. They would owe him $4.5 million, and there's a mitigation clause in there that allows him to, uh, if he if he gets another job, Mississippi State can cut down the payments. Smart, good work by uh, by Dr. Keenum and by the interim at AD at the time, Bracky Brett. We talked about that. I talked to some people at Mississippi State, and they, they were like, look, you know, if, if Staples is, is pushing that idea, it, it didn't come from us. Because my idea on this is, and Robbie Falk and I agreed on it, that it's just odd that that information would come out and would be pushed and would be mentioned. Because you would never, ever normally say a head coach in six after his sixth game is is on, is on the hot seat. Now, I don't think anybody, you know, from Mississippi State did that. I don't think anybody in the athletic department texted Andy Staples and was like, "Hey, help us out here." I don't. I don't think that happened. Now, that, that would be foolishness. But he got the information from somewhere, and he got the idea that hey, maybe this is worth talking about. Probably did it come from Mississippi State? Eh, probably not. But there are agents and there are, there are people out there in the world that Staples is connected to. So a single incident, and you're just like, well, maybe Mandy just had a shot in the dark. Not like I, the other thing is, by the way, not, it's, not, it's not like adding Mississippi State to an article adds clicks. You know, if you you put you put Kirby Smart in there, you get a lot more clicks, something like that. Uh, then yesterday. Same kind of thing. Adam Rittenberg, who writes for ESPN.com, he does an article on, uh, how does he phrase it here, college football coaching buzz, hot hot seats, and candidates to watch. So he sort of goes through the jobs that are already open, Michigan State and and Northwestern are those two. And then he has the hot seat guys, Boston College, Indiana. Indiana was on uh, Andy's list. Houston was on Andy's list. Mississippi State. And sort of the same thing. Talks about the contract. Talks about how it's it's not a huge deal financially if they decide to make a move. Talks about how Zach Selman, who was hired after Arnett was, was promoted, could 
you know, use this as, a, as an opportunity. I want to hire my own guy. I don't know if that's the case or not. I don't know if that's what Zach Selman wants to do or not. But you can make the case. Such so two national riders in the span of a week, creating a hot seat list, mid-season hot seat list, and putting a coach who's been in this job for seven games total, six this season. Guys, that's just odd. There's just no getting around the fact that that's just odd, that that doesn't make sense. Now, why, why would that be the case? I mean, I don't remember what Kiffin's record was after six games in 2020. Uh, Leach, after six games, I think was two and four. I think. Can you imagine if, if, if there had been an article that came out in, in state in, or in 2020 and they were like, look, Mississippi State, they just don't believe that the air raid is working and they don't know that it's going too long term and they're already thinking about possibly looking ahead on Mike Leach. You, you, you would have lost it, right? You'd be like, what are these people talking about? That doesn't make any sense. It's a guy in his first year. First year coaches, it, it just never happens. Imagine if even with Joe Moorhead. You know, Moorhead lost those two games to Kentucky and Florida with a team that we all thought was going to be pretty good. Imagine at that point in the season, you're like, ah, you know, Joe Moorhead could be a little bit of a hot seat guy. He would have been like, no, even though these games, you know, the state stays disappointing, he's not, they're not going to let him go after one. First year coaches don't get let go unless there are just unusual circumstances. And by that, I mean big NCAA trouble or big legal trouble, of which neither is happening to Zach Arnett. And I feel pretty confident that's going to be the case throughout here. But they're on these lists. So I guess, you know, for me, what do I think? What do I think on October 11th? I may think something different on November the 24th. I'll just go ahead and be honest with you. It starts with a prediction. You know, do you think State gets to six wins? If he gets to six wins, it's going to be difficult to say move on. Now, you can make some staff changes. I think it's going to be very, I think it would be exceedingly surprising for, for Matt Brock to return as defensive coordinator with the job that this, he's done at this point. I could be wrong on that, but just, it, to me, you got to at least make that move. You don't want to see, uh, but I want to see how they finish out the season. But if they're five and seven or if they don't win an SEC game, they go 0 and eight in the conference and you're four and eight overall. You, you got to think about it in this day and age of the transfer portal. You know, guys are probably going to get out, but you can bring guys back in. You can't worry about your roster staying together, especially when your roster went four and eight. You just be like, well, if they leave, they leave. You can always go get more guys. As long as you got 85, you can recruit and sign as many players as you want for the NCAA. So do I think it's, there's going to be a change? Do I think there's going to be something like that? No, I, I don't. I don't think there will be. I could be wrong. Like yet again, and I, and I don't even know. Right now, I wouldn't predict State to get the six wins. I, I just have trouble watching them play defense and saying they can beat two conference teams. That's just me. You know, I think they can win one. I think they can win one of these next two against Arkansas or uh, or Auburn. I don't know which one it is. To be honest with you. Auburn is pretty good defensively. Arkansas is a little bit better offensively than Auburn is. 
Neither one of them are good teams. I mean, fifth, sixth, and seventh. That's going to be decided in the next couple weeks here with State, Auburn, and Arkansas. But if the, if, if the season finishes five and seven and you miss a bowl game for the first time in 13 years, and you just feel like there's no momentum and there's no excitement around the football program, you could make a move. You could be looking at another another coach. There's certainly some great candidates out there. Guys who, you know, I think State would probably want to go back to an offensive head coach, but there's a lot of guys out there right now, young, exciting offense, who would come in. I don't know if they would completely blow up the staff. I mean, guys like David Turner you want to keep around, Tony Hughes, Chad Bumpus, you want to keep those guys around, your lead recruiters. They'll bring in some of their own guys, of course. And, of course, there's a third option that nobody's talking about, and that's Arnett figures it out in the second half of the season, and they win seven games, and you know they're competitive in every game, and then they figure some things out, and they look better on both sides of the ball, and you just sort of move forward from there. Nobody talks about that one. It's I don't know if it's the least likely, but it's definitely the one that's getting the least talked about. And I think for Mississippi State, from the top to the bottom, that's the best option because going through another coaching search is going to be tough. You're going to have a lot, some national media who are like, who, who do they think they are? They just keep going through coaches. Obviously, you can't do anything with Mike Leach. But, you know, Moorhead only got two seasons, and then you're only going to give Arnett one. It's not like you're Alabama. I, I get I get that line of thinking. I understand it. But in this day and age of college football, I don't know that you can afford to just stand pat and say we're going to bring it, we're going to run it back from a from a, a bad team. You just, you just you have to you have to continue to move forward at all times. That's how I that's how I view things anyway. So we'll see what actually happens here. How long was Harson at Auburn? Year and a half. But you know that's the thing though. Like it's Auburn, and you sort of make fun of them for having being crazy. But then you're going to do you're going to double them up here. You're going to get rid of a guy after a year. I don't know, man. I just I just I just don't know what the answer is for Mississippi State. A lot of questions, not a lot of answers right now for the Bulldogs. We're going to change it up a little bit. We'll talk some basketball. State got some bad news there, but we're going to try to find some good news out of it. We'll do that when we come back. The Thunder and Lightning live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi. You called down the thunder. Well, now you've got it. A Twitter account called the Liberty Justice Center just gave me a follow on Twitter. The Liberty Justice Center fights to protect workers' rights, school choice, economic liberty, private private property rights, and free speech. I, I I guess they love the Bulldogs too. I don't I don't know what's going on there. Why Why are you following me, Gallows in the morning? Give him a follow. You don't follow 
the Gallo Show or Middays with Gerard. You should find out everything that's going on in their show. Plus, you find out everything that's going on in our great country and around the world. Those guys are a lot more in tune than that to me. So maybe they just maybe they just saw some of my tweets and were like, "That guy's funny." Let's let's just let's follow him. Although I'll be honest with you, just from the look of these guys in their in their picture, uh, I don't I don't know that uh, humor is their big thing. So we'll see. First time I get a, a response from one of them, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, it's Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Brian Haydad, Rhino, down there in Studio X. Uh, Thursday, on my way down to the uh, Sanderson Farms uh, tournament in Jackson, which is great, by the way. I don't. I, it, Richard and, and Borky go on and on about how great it is. For a guy who does is not a golf guy, that's just a fantastic event at a beautiful venue, and I, I love going there every year. Um, that's when I got the news that Tolu Smith had, had had suffered an injury. And to quote Coach Chris Jans, who, by the way, uh, Coach Chris Jans will join us on this very program two weeks from tonight. So uh, set your, your reminders for 6.20 p.m. You got, a, you got a dentist appointment on that day. I don't care what Michael Borky or Richard Cross says about that nickname. I think it's cool. So there you go. Uh, he said that uh, Tolu Smith had suffered an injury and was going to be out until sometime during SEC play. Didn't give any more um, work on it than that. Any more, any more clarity? So that's any time from the end of Jan- end of uh, December to March until the tournament starts. So obviously, it's a big blow. All right, that state's best player. That might be the best player in the Southeastern Conference. You know, SEC Media Days is next week, and there are probably some people who had already turned in their ballots, which means that Tolu Smith will get some votes and, and could get a lot of votes for SEC Player of the Year. Um, you know, right off the top, you just have to look at it. If, you just, if you're strictly a numbers guy, you got to look at it in terms of state's got to find 17 points and 8 to 9 rebounds a game to replace. Uh, and sort of to quote uh, the movie Moneyball, I don't think they can, you know, there's not another Tolu Smith on the roster, so they have to what? They have to recreate him in the aggregate. They're going to need their guards to step up. They're going to need their other forwards to step up. It's going to have to be a team effort to replace Tolu Smith. So I said, during the, you know, going into the break that we were going to talk, what's the good news? Well, the good news is you do return your other four starters off of this uh, this, this this tournament team from a season ago. You got some veteran guys there: Shaq Moore, DJ Jeffries, Rams Davis, and uh, and Cam Matthews. You brought in a transfer in Andrew Taylor, who averaged 21 points a game last season for a, for an NCAA tournament team. You brought in another transfer, Jimmy Bell, who you were hoping was going to be the backup to Tolu Smith, but he was a starter for a tournament team a season ago. You have a true freshman in Josh Hubbard, who was the number one player in this state last year, who provides a skill set that you were lacking last year, which is explosive athleticism at the guard position, a guy who can create his own shot, but more importantly, a guy who, when he's open, can knock down threes. Taylor brings you that, too. You just didn't have it last year. So there's a lot of good pieces and good things still working for Mississippi State. What's my, you know, what's my assessment of them way too early? You know, I thought with Tolu Smith, a healthy Tolu Smith the whole year, they were a tournament team. No questions asked. Kind of the same way they were in 2019, where, you know, if you looked at the early net rankings, they were constantly around a four or five seed, and that's where they ended up as a five seed. They were never on the bubble that year. That's kind of where I had this team this year. 
Now I would tell you that they're probably going to be a bubble team. I think they're talented enough to scrap and hold things together until Tolu gets back. But who knows when Tolu is going to be back? And you know, when a, when a player comes back, it doesn't just mean that he's right back to being that guy. You know, I don't think Tolu Smith on his first night back from injury is going to throw down a twenty-five and ten or anything like that. You know, it takes some time to get back into game shape and get yourself rolling again. So it's a really tough blow for Mississippi State. But I think they've got enough firepower to be competitive. You know, it's just about getting through your non-conference with two, three losses. Non-conference is what got State into the tournament a season ago. They had great wins over uh, Marquette and Utah. Marquette was a quad one win the whole year. Uh, Utah, I think, was a quad two win when it finished up. Um, and then they won enough games in SEC play. So it's going to be kind of the same thing this year, I think. It's going to be, you know, take care of your non-conference business. When you look at their non-conference schedule, it's not incredibly daunting, but you play a lot of games at neutral sites, which which boosts your net. You know, it turn, a, a neutral site turns a quad three opponent into a quad two win if you get it because you're playing at that neutral site. And it also can turn a quad four loss into a quad two loss because you're playing at the neutral site. So... If you if you do drop one, you shouldn't, but you're not at home. It, it's it's not that big a deal. And state, you know, first first game of the year is at a neutral site. They're in the Barstool Invitational. I'm sure our good friend and, and uh, Brandon Walker will be heavily involved. And uh, they play Arizona State in that first game, so chance to you know get off on a good foot. But got to do it without Tolu Smith. That's tough, man. That's a, that's a, you know, tough, when I say tough break, it's like no pun intended. And of course, I don't know, uh, I don't know what the injury is. <coughs> Excuse me. But that's, I mean, it's just it's just tough. You know, you go through you're going through this football season as a Mississippi State fan. And you're like, all right, well, when they get to basketball, they should be really, really good. And then you find out your best player and one of the best players in the country gets hurt. And that's just a tough pill to swallow for a guy who had worked hard. Could turn down, you know, could have could have gone pro. I don't know that he would have been drafted into the NBA, but certainly could have found a career overseas. Had opportunities to enter the transfer portal. We all saw what was said on Twitter about Kentucky was looking into him. That that Kentucky was, you know, kind of behind the scenes. We'll use the word tampering. We'll use it. And, and he stuck it out. He decided to return to Mississippi State for what was going to be a fantastic senior year. And it's just not. You know, it just, just that's not going to be that way. Going to have to see what you get from him later in the season. I still have high expectations. I still think this can be a tournament team. I'll be honest with you. I believe in Chris Jans is the main reason for that. Because I, I didn't think last year's team was a tournament team by any stretch of the imagination. And he had them playing competitive basketball the whole season. And he had them playing in the NCAA tournament when it was all said and done. So I believe in him. I believe in Chris Chance. I think he's one of the best coaches in the conference. Um, I, I'm, I'm sad we didn't get to talk to him this week. I, 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 I lined up all these uh, these interviews this week, and I, I was like, Chance is going to be sort of the crown jewel. We'll have him here live on the show, and they just come. He's he's recruiting though. What can I say? I'm you know if, if it had just been like Brian, he just you know he can't make it work. I, I would have I might have been like ah come on. But when I'm when I get told look my recruiting calendar. I'm going to be out and about. I'm talking to prospects. I'm seeing prospects. I'm not going to interfere with that. So, by all means, get out there and uh, and recruit some of those guys. And State's in on some some big names. 
some four-star kids from around the country. You know, I'm interested to see because you know, his first year, he talks so much about the transfer portal at, at his opening press conference. And then he goes and he brings everybody back. Now he went out and got a couple of guys, obviously, but didn't have to deal with the other side of that. Nobody else left him that you know was that was going to have a big role to play this year. You know, I would say Will McNair, who State would probably like to have back at this point with Tolu being out, but Jimmy Bell is going to just going to have to cover that uh, that spot as the starter. And then probably the true freshman Gal Choi will get some minutes, and then they're probably going to have some times where they got to go small, and they're going to probably put guy, you know, put a lineup out there that's you know Davis or Moore, Taylor and Hubbard with Cam with uh, Cam Matthews and DJ Jeffries, and just you know try to play some zone defense and try to play some uh, some hard nosed defense, but then you can get up and down the floor and play in transition. You got some some good three point shooters in that lineup, and you sort of take it from there. That's tough. It's tough to lose a guy like that, you know. College basketball is going to miss out because I think Tolu was poised to have a a really big year. He's one of the best big men in the country, you know. True, traditional, old school, you know, power forward center basketball. Now, you don't see guys like that very much, you know. If you watch the NBA, all the bigs, they can shoot threes now. Tolu Smith has never attempted a three-point shot, and my guess is he never will. Even in a blowout, like... State, State had some games last year where they were up big. He never even he never heaved a three up. It's the guy who knows what he's good at. He knows his limitations. So, all right. When we wrap it up, I want to talk about uh, tomorrow's Thunder and Lightning podcast because we got a lot of great stuff on there. I want to get you excited for that, and hopefully you'll tune into it. So we'll talk about that when we come back. Um, plus, maybe we might have a little bit more to talk about. We got we have an on this day. If you've already seen it on Twitter, well, you're going to see it again. We're going to talk about it again. When we come back, this is Thunder and Lightning live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi. I am absolutely and completely thunderstruck. Wrap it up here. Wrap it up here. I'll, I can speak, I promise. That's why they gave me a job on the radio. I can talk. It's thunder and lightning. One last go around here. If you uh, you don't already, please subscribe to the Thunder and Lightning podcast. we got a lot of great stuff on there, including tomorrow our second annual bi-week blitz where we're going to talk to almost every coach I can get my hands on uh, this week. So tomorrow on the pod, it's uh, Mississippi State Head soccer coach James Armstrong, Mississippi State women's basketball coach Sam Purcell. I talk nice to him. Mississippi State softball coach uh, Samantha Ricketts, and Mississippi State baseball coach Chris Lamonis. And I know that's one you guys are probably very interested in hearing uh, because we all know, you know, 
We all know what's going on there. We all know the stakes for this upcoming season for Chris Lamonis. So I thought he was very candid with me on his thoughts of his team and what he's expecting to see from them uh, this year. So check that out tomorrow. And then on Friday, no podcast on Friday. I'm actually off the next two days. Won't be on Sports Talk either. But on Friday, I'll separate all those interviews so you can go back and listen to them uh, at your leisure without trying to find them on the podcast. So check that out on tomorrow's uh, Thunder and Lightning podcast. On this day, and we haven't done it on this day here on the show. Sorry I don't have an audio clip ready for you, but, you know, it is what it is. On this day uh, in 2014, Mississippi State uh, went to number one in the uh, in, in the polls for the first time in school history. So on the day before, so on the 10th is the day they beat the Auburn Tigers in, Star- in Starkville uh, in front of the craziest, wildest, loudest crowd I've ever seen in Davis Wade Stadium. Absolutely packed to the gills. Everybody with cowbell in hand. And then when it started raining, it got even crazier. Uh, in a game where State uh, went up 21 nothing in the first quarter, I, I it was madness. I, can't, I can hardly describe what the, 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 the stadium was like that day when, when that game happened at that time. And, of course, they beats Auburn, and then the next day they were number one in the polls, the AP and the, uh, the coaches' poll. So a historic, historic day for Mississippi State. It really is something. We, we, I hate to do it, but it's like that nothing really ever came of that. You know, Now, that, that 2018 team was, was set to be good, and it just didn't. But you know, two years later, they were 5-7. and seven. Eh. I will remember the good times, though. That was a fantastic day. Dan Mullen actually tweeted about this. Yeah, so he, he retweeted something and said that was my favorite day as, as coach. Which got a lot of uh, traction from Mississippi State fans. Were like, "Why don't we try to do that again? Then, why don't we? Uh, why don't we run that back?" It has been interesting to see the uh, the MSU uh, response to Dan Mullen, and I think if if a decision is made at the end of the year to go to move on, there'd be a lot of push to bring Mullen back. Now, I don't know if he'd be interested. I don't know if he would he would want to do that again. I mean, he's making really good money sitting there at home. You know, enjoying the comment, commentating on games, but maybe he still has the fire inside the coach and wants to come back. I just think you have to have sort of a sit down with him beforehand, and be like, "Look, we're not doing this again. You're here. You're here. You're here. We we'll, we will pay you. You know you can win here. That's fine." And you also have to talk to him about his staff and tell him, "Hey, look, you know, Hevesy, Gonzalez, those guys. No, not this time. Got to have." You know, you don't like to recruit, so let's get some recruiters on the staff. I don't know. I don't know if it would work or not. I don't know if it'll ever you'll ever have the opportunity to do it or not. But it has, like I said, it's been interesting to see that there's been a lot of, uh, you know, people have put aside a lot of hurt feelings uh, on, on this one. They're, they're, they would be willing to welcome Dan Mullen back. With, I, I'll just go ahead and tell you, if, if Mullen came back, he would win. He would absolutely win here at Mississippi State because he's done it before. I think I think he's wise enough to know where he messed up some sometimes at the last on the previous stop, and to correct that. I think I think it would be, it would be very interesting. It'd be a very interesting second half of the season for Mississippi State. Six games to go, and uh, man, I just don't know. I just I I had I thought I had a really good grasp on this team 
in August. I really, you know, watching practice and, and talking to the guys, like, okay, I'm confident in my, my prediction here. And I was way off. I'm, I'm just way off. You know, and it's, it's kind of weird. Like last year, I nailed it. Got every game correct. This year, I still have every game correct, but I don't feel like I'm going to have. I have State beating, winning these next two. I am not confident in that at all. Won't predict that looking ahead to next week. Where was I so wrong? I don't know. We did a podcast about it last week. We, we talked about, me and Robbie talked about that. And said, well, you know, where did, it, where did it go wrong in our prediction? Go back and check that out if you haven't already. Guys, have a great Wednesday and have a great West, rest of the week. You've got Borky and Richard all day uh, these next two days. I'll be, uh, I'll be at the house. So, taking a little time off here. I got, if he can have an off week, so can I. Guys, have a great one. For Rhino down there in Studio X, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi Media Production.